110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar, guys, here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Tonight's day is uh, Thursday, October 27th, 2022, and we're going to discuss uh, the Penn State game coming up here on uh, Big Noon on Saturday. Um, so that will probably take uh, the good chunk of the show tonight is Penn State, uh, but we'll do our normal stuff at the end of the show as we talk about different things against the spread for the big teams this weekend and uh, give a score prediction for ourselves. Um for this game, um, we're going to start off, though, talking about uh, the Jackson Smith uh, injury situation. Um, as it seems like we might have some additional information that has unofficially come out this week through some of the um, um, different media guys. Uh, it seems like he's not been practicing. So it probably seems like uh, maybe it's not a good sign that uh, he'll play on um, Saturday. And uh, I mean, there's just been some pessimism within the, the beat reporters that it could be a much longer ordeal. So, uh, you know, hamstrings are very tricky and, you know, it just it depends that sometimes they heal for people, sometimes they don't. And, you know, those can be situations that are full year issues. So uh, maybe it's kind of feeling that that could be the case. Uh, but I mean, we don't have any specific information. As you know, Ohio State's very tight lipped when it comes to injuries, um, unless it's going to be a person that's definitely out for the year. My opinion on this is I think, I think Jackson He's, I mean, he seems like a pretty reserved guy. I don't know what he's like, you know, like locker room, whatever. But in front of the camera, he seems like a pretty reserved, pretty just chill dude. So I'm thinking that he really I don't think he wants us to be about him. Like, I don't think yeah. he wants I don't think he wants to be committal one way or the other. You know, I'm playing. I'm not playing like I think he just wants to like heal and then do what he needs to do. So I think that's kind of how they why they've been playing it this way. Because I think at the end of the day, it's really like if he says I can play, they're going to let him play. Yeah. So I think that's why, you know, it's kind of been handled the way it is. But maybe he's just like, hey, you know what? I'm not I'm not feeling my best after this week. Let's, you know, take a week off, whatever. I'm not doing anything. Just maybe they'll stop talking about me because I'm sure that's what it is, is like a lot of this. I'm sure he's just not comfortable that he's constantly in the spotlight. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play like the team's doing fine without him. Yeah. And I'm not saying they don't need him. They kind of don't need him, but you know, they're doing fine without him though, but I'm sure he just, he doesn't want to keep being the biggest story in Columbus when he's not playing. Yeah. I think, um, I think the, probably the biggest issue when it comes to a lot of the beat reporters, while you're still getting questions and different things like that, they just have not played a team yet that they've beaten where you can say, see, we don't really need him that we're yeah. fine. You know, and I don't even know if we're getting it this week. This is probably to date. I mean, I this is probably, the best team they're the, playing. This, this is year. the best team that they're playing this year. But is this still a good enough secondary up to this can, point? Uh, is this still a good enough secondary that can handle three really good wide receivers? This is a really good secondary, and you know, a really good tight end. It's just 
you're still on depth though. And there's always going to be somebody in that secondary is, is somebody in the slot going to be able to handle a Julian Fleming or a Buka or when they start, you know, switching guys yeah. now, you know, there's just not many secondaries that can handle three legitimate wide receivers and a legitimate tight end, um, you know, outside of the top few teams in the country. So right. like, so I don't even know if we're going to hundred percent. I, this is definitely going to be the biggest challenge to the point they we should be able to play fairly well. Penn state, you know, secondary, you know, they've always had a pretty good secondary that, but it's just, are they going to, is it still enough of a team where we can definitely say at the end of it, if Ohio state beats them and possibly beats them looking pretty good that, you know, they, well, you know, we can maybe stop asking so many questions about Jackson Smith because, you know, I don't necessarily think, you know, we're there until the final week of the season when, you know, that that might be the first opportunity that we really play a secondary that, you know, could, you know, cover them at probably the best at that point against three wide, three really good wide receivers. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I just for him, I don't know. I mean, it. What the way they everyone's kind of been talking sounds pretty bleak. I mean, we don't like to speculate too much, yeah. but so I mean, way Ryan Day made it sound was he was on a pitch count. They expect to have him, and then yesterday he wasn't there for practice. You know, CJ Stroud pretty much said that it's not his job to uh, you know talk about Jackson's business. Um, I think he said, I'm sure, like I, I I'm paraphrasing. He said, uh, you know his heart breaks for him or something, but it's not his job to, uh, you know, talk about his business. I think day was much more dismissive of it all today during his radio show. He was kind of like passing over it. It wasn't like, no, Jackson's there. It was kind of like, you know, I'm not talking about this. So yeah, I mean, it it just, it feels like a pretty uh, bleak outcome there, but you never know. I mean, they could just be just wanting to be quiet about it. Now, do you, I mean, I guess we know him and CJ have good chemistry, but things are different year to year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the supporting cast is different. You don't have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson out there with you. Um, do you think, I mean, if he's healthy against Michigan, but doesn't play, doesn't really practice up until that week, do you, do you want him out there? I mean, yeah, I guess you do, right? Yeah. I mean, if he's ready to go, you don't want to sit any one of his talent. If he's ready to go, he needs to play. It's just an extra, even at the end of the day, if it's just somebody that Michigan has to pay attention to right. or, you know, Penn state, if he was playing this week, you know, as we were talking about Penn state secondary, we'll get into this stuff in a minute, you know, is their secondary good enough to handle three really good wide receivers? I don't know, but you know, they do have a really good cornerback in Joey Porter jr. So you're going to really see, you know, can he take Marv out of the game? And then that becomes a little bit more interesting. Can Fleming and Abuka get open against yeah. the other guys to, you know, really, you know, s- still hurt this defense? I don't know. Cause I mean, you know, Joey Porter Jr. is the best corner we've played all year. So True. for sure. So, yeah. um, so that will be very interesting. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I, I guess it's a no brainer. You would want him back on the field if he's healthy, just, my thing is like what I would be scared about going into Michigan. If he hasn't played CJ's developed this chemistry with everyone else. I just, I, it's not that I'm afraid like CJ would take a step back and be too locked in on this guy. That was his number one guy, you know, at the end of last year. But part of me is kind of like, Hey, you know, is he going to be looking too much for Jackson in that game? And maybe they're not 
meshed a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're not quite on the same page because they haven't played with each other really for extensive periods all year long. Yeah. No, I definitely uh I hear that. Um I guess you know, I mean, we'll see what happens this coming weekend, and then I guess that bridge will be crossed when that bridge gets crossed. But you definitely have to play him if he's ready to go. Yeah. If he wants to play and he says he's healthy enough, you know, this is an injury. You know, it's not, you know, with hamstrings and stuff like that, you know, if there's no actual, like, tear, like, true tear that you can see it on an x-ray or something like that, this is all up to him. I mean, it, you, he can tell the coaching staffs, like, yeah, I'm good. I'm ready to go. and you know, it's not like a break or something or a torn ligament where, you know, they can use their the doctors to verify, yeah. you know, yeah, there's uh, you know, I mean, they can do different tests to see how he looks running. But I mean, at a point in the season, everybody's wide receivers are limping to a point. I yeah. And, you know, it is what it is. It's football. So, you know. Like, and I don't know if last week, you know, is it just him saying that? Hey, yeah, I'm ready to go, coach. And, you know, I want to play on it. and. You know, and anything can uh, can tug any little way. And, you know, now we're getting into the part of the year um, we had as we were joking around the other day. You know, we had our second uh, like spring, summer. Yeah. You know, the last couple of weeks. And it seems like we're Felt getting pretty uh, good today, too. Yeah. And it seems like, though, we'll be heading into uh, true fall and uh, fall heading into winter type weather here and over the next few weeks. Yeah. And, uh, so, and you know, weather is weather. And so, I mean, there's going to be times where he's going to slip, where his, you know, cleat's going to get stuck somewhere. And I mean, that is also what that is. Uh, I mean, I will say one thing, uh, if he's not playing this weekend, he's not playing next week for me too. There's no way in hell I'm letting him play. On I wouldn't let him play again. Yeah. <laughs> against Northwestern. There's no way I'm putting him out there uh, where, you know, there is going to be opportunities when, especially as you know, Evanston, that uh, he's, uh, you know, the field's going to be slick and it's going to be, uh, you know, where his foot really could get caught into the ground. And so, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, they'll have grass cleats on them. They'll be ready to play. At least they should. Um, but I wouldn't chance it in that situation, especially in you don't play on that many grass fields anymore. And I wouldn't risk an opportunity where, uh, cause I don't think Penn state is Penn state grass or is it, I think I, that's, I, I, couldn't tell I think that's field turf too now. So like, I, I would just, I would not I you know, know do that. Those people have. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, it's, I don't, I was seeing if I could see if they hit grass or not, but no, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, you, you can only hope to get the kid back healthy, but if not, we're okay. He has to do what's best for him. Yeah. We've always stood by that. Um, I'm never going to change my view on that. You know, these are guys up until this past couple of years, they didn't get paid. Even if they are getting paid now, I don't know what he makes. I don't care what he makes. Like yeah. that's his decision. If he doesn't want to play because he wants to go make millions in the NFL, that's his decision. Like I'm not, yeah. I will never fault anybody for that. So just, Hopefully he gets healthy. Um, I did want to actually touch on, because I don't think we talked about it during our Iowa post game. So real quick, Chip Trainum has joined the running back room. I don't think we talked about that. Yeah. As of right now, he's the fourth running back. But I did want to ask your opinion on that. Being a bigger guy that's already been a college running yeah. back, done well in the Pac-12. Do you think going up against these teams that are starting to get a little bit, you know, bigger, more blue collar, 
or blue blood Penn State's Michigan's that down Hayden has not really filled out to a college body yet. Yeah. Is there a chance with the injuries to, you know, both, Mayan and um, Trey Henderson that maybe chip is as long as he can get up to speed with the running back room. He's kind of like a de facto number three, actually. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. I actually kind of wish they would have made this move, especially that we've settled into what the defense was that, you know, I mean, uh, steel and uh, Tommy have been lights out the whole season. Cody's a good backup. You know, it doesn't seem like Paleo is starting to get up to speed. He now. really is. Yeah. It's not seeming like that, you know, we need him there. So he's a running back. He can play running back. And, you know, I really liked Dallin Hayden. Um, but you've kind of seen it the last couple of weeks when he's gotten in there, especially when he's been he's against been like first team when he had to go in because of injuries. Yeah. When he was really, you know, the number two back because both Mayan and Trey have basically, it seems like they've been switching yeah. which one's been in and out, you know, until this past game that, you know, he's just not as good against, you know, the, your top level defense right. on the other team. And, and then there's nothing against him on that one. He'll get there. It'll come with time. But uh, yeah, he, he he's just not up to body size yet. So I kind of wish they would have made this a couple weeks ago. I think he's still fine that Chip can get up into speed pretty quick. But yeah, we might really need him down the stretch here because, you know, there might be an opportunity for him, even if the two stay healthy for the rest of the year. You know, I would maybe throw him in there every now and then. Maybe like, you know, I mean, Mayan does very well getting hard yards, maybe a little bit better than Trey, but maybe that's Chip's could be a Chip's opportunity. Yeah. Maybe where you might struggle in a red zone or something, you know, go just I mean, block it. Well, I mean, yeah. don't make it obvious, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. make sure you got it blocked. Yeah, but I agree with you. Like he, he could put a, a hard yard or two if they need it, or maybe, you know, kind of in those situations where, you know, they've used Rossi maybe as, you know, that fullback, maybe, you know, and again, let's not make it obvious. You don't want Rossi being there on all blocking situations. Right, right, right. And, and then chip comes in and you'd be like, Oh, he's, they're going to hand it to the fullback. You know, you got to let him block some of those situations too, but that could be an opportunity maybe where he's the up back of the two and like hand it off to him and yeah. situation, you know? So yeah, I, I think that it's a good thing and I hope they, they should keep him there. I mean, you know, they're fine at linebacker unless there's an emergency situation where there's a couple injuries that we're, we're and with Pele coming back in and seeming like he's getting healthy, you know, Cody Simons looked really, really well. Oh yeah. And you know, I mean, both Tommy and still got to be on Buckus, you know, and, list right now. So like, and they got to be on the field too. Jim Knowles, you know, he, he doesn't have a rotation. He's not, yeah. he's not getting guys in and out situationally all the time. Like, yeah. He might give a breather here and there, but like we saw when they got to go with a bigger, you know, three linebacker set, which they did against Iowa, you know, he had Cody, he had Paley at his disposal, but yeah. he's not, you know, he's not putting those guys out to risk his defense by taking out steel and Tommy. So yeah. yeah, I just, I chip, like you said, it's been a while like this that he really, you know, garbage time was all that was there for him so yeah. he probably should have been working out with the running back sooner in the year yeah and you know and we'll say we don't necessarily know completely what happens all the time at practice maybe they have moved him you know some into the running back role to try to get him some reps during practice but you know i'm not sure if that is happening or not happening or whatnot but you know this is a good move now and you know if I wouldn't mind seeing him a little bit maybe against Penn State this weekend. Just 
maybe here and there throw him out there just to see what he looks like. Yeah. And, you know, Penn State will be a good defense for them to run up against. So, you know, it's good kind of uh, for him to, you know, get some real test against a, a, a solid defense. Absolutely. Agreed. All right. Let's move into Penn State. All right. So you want me to start with just breaking down? Yeah, let's do the your breakdowns and then we'll get into our discussion. All right. So Ohio State, Penn State, I put a little bit more out there this week. I'll try to wrap this up pretty quickly, though. Um, Buckeyes are scoring roughly 50 points a game, 49.6. Penn State scoring 33.4. Uh, Buckeyes defense giving up 15. Penn State's giving up 19 yards per game. Buckeyes get 517. Penn State 423. Buckeyes get 312 in the air, 204 on the ground. Uh, Penn State gets 245 in the air, 178 on the ground. 10.5 yards per catch for the Buckeyes, uh, 7.6 for Penn State. 5.6 yards per carry for the Buckeyes, 5 for Penn State. Yards allowed for defense. Buckeyes give up. I wouldn't say that's 239. It might be 259. Sorry, handwriting. Um, Penn State gives up 373. Buckeyes give up 149 in the air, 90 on the ground. Penn State gives up 232 in the air, 140 on the ground. Penn State's got dudes, though. Um, this is the best team we've played as far as a collection of like talent that they have. So Nick Singleton is a true freshman running back. He's their starting running back. He's averaging 6.8 yards per carry, yeah. uh, seven touchdowns. The other, his Katron Allen is another true freshman running back. That's their second guy. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry, four touchdowns. So running game is strong for them. They got receivers. They got tight ends like they normally do. So they got two dudes at receiver, two dudes at, uh, well, I only wrote down one, but I know they got a couple tight ends. Uh, receivers, Parker Washington's averaging 12.9 yards per catch. Mitchell Tinsley's averaging 12.1 yards per catch. And then tight end Brenton Strange averaging 14.4 yards for, per catch, 245 yards on the year for touchdowns. So they are the best offense we're going to have played. They are, I mean, we've talked about that they're the most complete team. Um, secondary. So this is where everyone said, you know, well, Ohio State hasn't played a secondary like them yet. How's Ohio State going to step or, you know, hold up to that? Can they stop Ohio State? So I try to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, what Penn State's given up this year. So I looked at the yards per game that they gave up to their competition um, and what their competition had been averaging. So only three teams got 100% or better on their passing yards. That would be Purdue, who is a very pass heavy team. Uh, Auburn, which that was kind of shocking to me that, but I think Auburn was down so much in that game that they were yeah. probably throwing more, um, but they were ever Auburn was actually averaging eight yards per catch. And then central Michigan averaged over that Penn state's given up roughly 92% of the percentage in the passing game, Ohio state. The only time Ohio state has not gone over a hundred percent of their opposing defenses uh, passing yards per game was Rutgers. And that was that weird game that we kind of ran all over them. Yeah. CJ was having a rough go on that. So Ohio State's actually, they're getting uh, 143% of what defenses typically give up. So, I mean, regardless, however, you, if even if Penn State holds true to what they've done, that's still giving up roughly 300 yards passing to Ohio State, like 287. No. Not a great recipe. As So that brings in what they can do. If they are going to give up that much, what can they do that that doesn't matter? And that's 
shut down the run game completely and make Ohio State have to throw yeah. all game long. Yeah. And that's that's really their chance to win is keep them out of the, you know, keep them out of the um, end zone, make them kick field goals. Um, you, you, you're going to give up yards to Ohio State's passing game. Everyone has for mm-hmm. last how many years besides Rutgers, apparently. Um, <laughs> but so you're going to give up your passing yards. So you got to stop the run and you got to just keep the receivers out of the end zone. And I mean, that is their path to win is make Ohio State kick field goals. And I guess kind of do the Iowa blueprint and just try to stuff the run and see, no. see if your secondary is good enough to stop Ohio state. I just don't know. Even then, I don't know if there's a collection of secondary players in this country that can even hold up to these receivers no. for an entire game for man to man defense. I just, I really doubt it, but I think that's, you know, that's what you would be looking at. I don't what, no. where, where are your thoughts on where this matchup is? Well, I think that, um, I think a couple of things that are a little skewed on the, on the, some of the numbers is that, you know, I mean, would have, if Michigan had to throw the ball, right. wouldn't they have gotten over there? And I mean, but, they, and then I, I did have Michigan down, but I also put down cause Michigan threw for one forty five. They averaged two thirty one. Michigan ran for four eighteen yeah. in that game. Like Michigan didn't, I don't, they wouldn't even have had to throw for that much right. if they didn't want to. And that's just the thing. But on the other side of that, you know, that 140 yards that Penn State's given up running the ball, you know, 400 and whatever is, you know, Michigan running the ball. Right. So, you know, so there's a, that could be a, you know, that's an interesting skew too. Yeah, you know, it's not. You, you look at the, some of those numbers, like oh, Ohio State could run for one fifty and you know throw for three hundred yards. You know that one hundred fifty might be a little harder to come by because you know, you know, was that just a bad rush defense day for you know, yeah, for Penn State and they're better than that. I mean, we'll see. I think on you know on uh Saturday because Ohio state does need to try to make some sort of effort to really run the ball. And, and maybe that is getting somebody like, and I'm not saying he needs to be in there a lot, but maybe that is getting somebody like chip training five, six carries in the game. Just, right. to, you know, keep those, the other two big guys healthy and spelled and try to set up some yard. I mean, cause I, I do want to see them try to establish some sort of running game. I mean, I'm not saying they need to f- run for 400 plus yards. That is not the game plan. You know, Ryan day is not going to go into this that's, game. That's not Ohio state. That's Jim Harbaugh. You know, that's he, not he Ryan. Wants, day. Uh, you know, he would, he would rather CJ get the 400 yards passing. Doesn't mean he doesn't wouldn't mind seeing a 200 plus yard day on the sure. ground. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so if they could get into that type of mindset, you know, they're fine in this game. So, you know, I think they got to maybe again, you can't force things. If Penn State is going to give you, you know, if they're going to try to take the run away and give you the passing yards, then take the passing yards and throw all over them until, you know, they, you know, pull safeties back to try to help. But in reverse, if their mindset going into the game is that we're not going to let CJ throw on us, you got to take the running yards and, right. you know, they need to. So uh, if they're playing with two safeties back in this game or for the majority of the game and, you know, you're seeing that and depending how well they're disguising some stuff, you know, I think probably in the first half of the game, you know, I'm not necessarily an expert looking at film and stuff like that. I didn't go back and watch the game yet, but I bet Iowa was doing more stuff than I think a lot of people probably was thinking. And that was the best defense that they played up to this point, Mm -hmm. you know. Iowa on, on paper is probably a better defense than Penn State. Oh, sure. Yeah. But Penn State has dudes, though. Penn State's probably got better athletes yeah. and spots than Iowa did. So, you know, that's going to be, you know, an interesting thing. How's that plays out? Um, so, yeah, I would say 
Let's try to get into the running game as quick as possible because that just helps everything else. If if Penn State gets to a point in this game where Ohio State is really dictating, you know, the running game on dictating the you know, the field on them through the running game, then Penn State is going to have to try to take some chances against the running game. And then that's where CJ can really tor- start torching them. And um, so that, that would just be my thing, um, I would say, on that. I think Manny Diaz is kind of known for, you know, like, I'm going to blitz you guys. I'm going to put my guys on islands. And that's how he kind of handles his business. And so I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're going to see how their secondary holds up because they do have a good secondary, but they're going to be asked to do a lot because. I think they do try to shut down Ohio State's run game because they trust their secondary. I just don't know why they didn't do that to Michigan. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they played Michigan so soft up front and they were like in zones and worried so much about the pass game and none of it yeah. made sense. It's like they didn't scout them at all. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do believe that. I think that their plan of attack is going to be to attack Ohio State's run game and trust their secondary. I think I said this last year, too. And, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I think they're going to try to blitz the hell out of CJ, get in his face, confuse him. Luckily, their defensive line really isn't that tough, really isn't that big. And we, I think we'll be able to push them around, and hopefully, you know, the run game can take off because of that. Yeah. And, you know, and that might be somewhere – like when you kind of think of it, I mean, Jackson Smith Najuba is great. I mean, I'm not going to argue that part, but he's a much more of a kind of a, he likes, he's much more effective in a shorter passing game. So like maybe against teams like Penn state who tried to take the running game away last year, you get lost a little bit and you're Damn. not expecting somebody that catches a five year, 10 year pass to take it to the house. I think where the difference could be now, I think Fleming could really hurt them because Fleming li- likes to go down the field. And if he gets, you know, a mismatch on a safety against him and they do a post route or something like that up the middle of the field, you know, he well, could, he they could got a really good safety giant there. They got their own Jair Brown. You know, I mean, then that's great. And they, but we'll see how as a safety, how he does on some of that stuff. And if can a safety cover one of Ohio state's receivers one-on-one, if they get open down the middle of the field. So, you know, that's always a very interesting thing. Um, I think Ohio state's going to try to go into this game looking for some really down the field throws because, um, you know, that kind of keeps them out of red zone situations if uh, Mm -hmm. they do, but if if they get into the red zone situations, you know, this is the team. It starts getting a little concerning at this point against again, a better team. This would be the second better team in a row of defense. And you start saying, then you start getting a little nervous about the offense and that situation and that situation alone. Are they good enough to play a big time team when they really need to get a touchdown within the 20? Yeah, I know. I think, I think I got to see it this week because you know, it's gone on for, you know, two years at this point. So I got, I got to see it this week. And if I don't, I think I'm going to lean on the, this iteration of Ryan day's offense, you know, just, it is what it is. They it's got definitely his weak spot. Yeah, they got to they got to score outside of the twenty. Um, you know, I, their run game doesn't work against teams that are dedicated to stopping the run. So we'll see. I mean, th- that's kind of where I'm at. Also, um, I did like what you said about Fleming, though. I think he can play a big role in this game. But ja- that actually, that was a point I wanted to make about Jackson Smith and Jigba that I didn't bring up is he's just he's so deadly you know, 10 yards and in, in, and there, there's no one on the team, even as good as Ibuka, Fleming, Marv are, 
They yeah. can't do what he can do between the hash marks 10 yards in from the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, I think in those or line of scrimmage 10 yards out, you know what I mean? But yeah, I, I mean, so you're, you're going to miss him in that. And I think he would, I think he would come up huge in a game like this, yeah. but that also makes me think maybe a guy like Kate Stover could come up huge in a game like this. He's not going to be flashy like Jackson Smith, but you know, I mean, he's a big body. He's a tight end. You know, those are the tight ends are for They're for you know, getting those hard first downs in the middle of the field. And so, yeah, I mean, if they got to lean on him, they got to lean on him. And mm-hmm. same thing with the running backs. I mean, I, I, I would like this to be the game maybe where we start seeing some of the because, you know, it's there. They have to have passing plays that, you know, and I did like last week against Iowa, which it didn't seem like they were doing a lot leading into it. They they were actually letting the um the running backs go out to the flats a little bit more yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, have a drop, to, a, you know, somewhere he can just drop the pass off to. And, you know, I think that going forward needs to start becoming a bigger part of the offense just because, you know, it's a safety valve. You and, need it. Yeah. And those are, and when you got athletes like, you know, Trey and Mayan that can pick up an easy 10 yards just because, you know, you know, your linebackers and your safeties are not necessarily looking for them because they're trying to help out in other spots right. and, you know, against a, a very loaded wide receiver crew and tight end. So, you know, it's a it's a good safety valve that is almost guaranteed 10 yards every time, you know, as long as the pass is good and it gets to them and, you know, it kind of leads them enough that they're not falling back on a back foot or something like that. You know, they should be able to get 10 yards every time on a plant like that. No, I, I agree. Um, OK, I mean, that enough analysis. You ready to start talking players of the game? Yep. All right. So. Offensive player of the game. I'm really going back and forth with this one. Um, oh, I'm going to say, I'm saying Mayan Williams. I don't know if he's healthy yet, and that's why I'm kind of like torn on this one. Um, I just, I saw what Michigan did running against them. I think if Ohio State has the dedication to run hard on these guys, they can. But it's not going to look like what Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards did. Cause that's not going to be the game plan for Ryan day. So I'm not expecting 418 yards. Yeah. I do expect mine to get, you know, over a buck 25 and two touchdowns. Though. I think he'll look really good in this game. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go opposite of you. I think Trey's going to have a good game. Um, again, I, like I said, I think them trying to establish a running game will go, you know, a long way. And but that's got to be the mindset from the beginning. It's got to be the mindset into the offensive line, being like, "Come on, we're going to go out there in this game and try to establish the run game." You know, be a little conservative. You know, early against. Uh, you know, try to you know beat up their defense some to start taking their the fans out of the game. You know, it's going to be very raucous there. Um, I mean, this is going to be. I mean, this is a lot different than Michigan State going up to East Lansing. Um, I know some people say East Lansing's a good crowd and stuff. I've heard other people say East Lansing's an awful crowd. So like, yeah, no, this is going to be this. This will be loud. This will be yeah. even at noon. This is going to be a very loud environment. I was listening them. today. Parking lots are opening at six a.m. for tailgate, <laughs> so it's it's going to be rough. So they'll be pre gaming before six a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be rough. Um, my kind of unsung breakout guy. I'm saying Cade Stover for this game. He might even play well enough to be borderline player of the game. I really believe that they are gonna need to lean on him a little bit in the intermediate game because this is a good secondary. So I hope CJ has that in the back of his mind. I hope he's going through his progressions. I hope he hits Cade a lot. I think he will. 
And I think Cade's going to have a really good game. This is going to sound very, very weird, but my breakout guy is going to be Marv. And the reason why I say that this is the best well, yeah, corner I, he's going to be up against saying. all year. And this is a pros kid versus a pros kid. So, you know, they're both well coached. They got the jeans. They got everything. And I just think that uh, they know, both got great ball skills. too. They both got very good ball skills. So there's going to be a lot of 50 50 balls. And I think he's going to come down with more of them. And I'm not going to say he's going to embarrass Joey Porter Jr., but I think he's going to get two touchdowns on him. And I think that uh, he's going to look very, very good in the process. Um, and yep, that's what I'm going to say. Old prediction for me on offense is uh, not really a sexy pick, but Julian Fleming is going to have two touchdowns in this game. Not sure if it's going to, which I mean, I guess it gets a harder secondary. That is something, but I think you're kind of right. I don't think, I think he's going to end up somewhere on a post route on a safety and safety's a safety. And there's a reason why there's safety. Even you're the best safety yeah. and there might be a play action on it or something. But I do think that Julian Fleming is going to have himself a game and he's going to have two touchdowns. Yeah. I do think if they can establish in which they should be trying to do because Fleming's just a little bit different than uh JSN that if uh, they need to get those running games going, because I think Julian Fleming could start being very dangerous and play action passes games because he's just going to be, you know, he's more, explosive. if he gets, if he gets behind a safety and they pull a safety, a safety tries to pull up because uh, they think it's going to go to one of the running backs and one of the running backs are having a good game, you know, that's six right there. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that one. Um, my, my bold prediction is, uh, I think that, uh, Hmm. I've been trying to think this. I, th I do think that they're going to get, I'm going to say right around 250 yards rushing on the ground. I think that this is going to be a very chip train. them have a touchdown. No, I'm <laughs> no. not going to go with that. I'm not going to say who's going to hit touchdowns, but I think he could be, he could be somebody that gives a little bit of a spell to these guys just because, you know, he's been in a college offense for a few years now. So it's, it's different than Hayden. And I think he's, you know, he's got a big body. He's hard to take down. I mean, we've seen him on special teams. He loves, loves to hit people. Yeah. And yeah so, I mean, throw him out there where he can hit people and not get penalties. So like. Yeah. He, he's a beast for sure. Uh, defensive player of the game. Another one I was bouncing really, you know, bouncing around with. Um, it's so hard not to go one of the linebackers, especially Tommy Eichenberg. And especially because I think this run game is good for Penn State. I just think Ohio State's um, there would be times that the offense succeeds and Penn State's going to probably play from behind. And that's why I think Mike Hall is going to have a really big game as a defensive tackle. I didn't well, Penn State's offensive lines remain to be terrible under uh, James Franklin. I think it's better this year than they've been, but they're still bad. Um, so I'm going to say Mike Hall is going to have, you know, he'll, he'll have a good game. So, yeah, um, I player do, of the game. I do like the two linebackers. I think they're going to get a lot of, uh, you know, play in this game because, you know, you know, Penn State's going to try to establish the run. Mm -hmm. And uh, these are two very, very good running backs. I actually like how Franklin's doing this. You know, he didn't have any good, other good running backs, So let the freshman play. And, uh, you know, maybe. You know, me, I, I haven't watched a lot of their games this year. I, I think I would have liked to, him to maybe see uh, if the quarterback could maybe go in the same uh, same thought process and just let them all get the same playing time together and, you know, take maybe one on the chin this year and then see where they're at next year. But, you know, 
uh, he did what he did. I, I think so. I, I like the linebackers, but I've been kind of thinking about defensive line like you were. And I think, uh, I think Harrison is kind of past that spot where he's, uh, and I think he's going to have a big game again. Mm-hmm. I think he's, mm-hmm. he's very yeah. good in the running game and I, he just creates a lot of havoc on the line of scrimmage and he's a mismatch for most offensive linemen in the running game. And I, I just consent think he will still be the same and I could see him getting uh to, yeah. Um, I can't think of the court Clifford Clifford's name. Sorry. Uh, that uh, I think he can really, you know, really make Clifford. Those guys will start really when they have to start throwing the ball, he's going to make some mistakes in this game because uh, you know, they're going to be after him, but I, I like Harrison just cause I, I like, I've always loved how he plays the running game and he's really starting to impress me coming down over the last several weeks. And I can't remember who said it. I was listening to someone the other day though. They were like, they said on that game that he played a lot inside. They think it really helped him realize, you know, just how like big and strong he is and how long he is. And he's been engaging people a lot further out, you know, as a defensive end from that edge rushing position that he started to almost figure out, you know, to not get his body into them, get use his arms, uh, just engage them and get them out of his way. Yeah. And I can see a little bit of that against Iowa. So I, I do think there's some truth to that. Um, can a Thorpe semifinalist be a breakout candidate? Sure. <laughs> I think I do think one of the safeties are going to be that kind of like unsung guy in this game. Um, I, it's been Tanner McAllister a couple times this year. I'm saying Lathan Ransom, though. Sean Clifford's been around forever, so he should have a really high, you know, football IQ. And he might. I just think I don't think he's a great quarterback, though. I think, you know, guys get to him and he still throws the ball and then he throws ducks because they get hit. Or I don't think he always sees what's going on in the field. And I think Jim Knowles is going to be able to, you know, dissect that on film. And I think he's going to start. I think Jim Knowles is going to start implementing more of the safety stuff that he's talked about that he hasn't even like touched the surface of that, you know, confusing the quarterback from pre-snap to post-snap. And I think safeties are going to be in places that Clifford never thought they were. And I think Ransom's going to get, you know, at least one interception, maybe two. But I think also Ransom's done so great in run support this year that I think there's going to be a couple of times that maybe like Singleton or um, Allen, you know, get to the edge and he comes down and just stuffs it. So hopefully he does. But I think he's going to have a really big game. Um, I'm actually going secondary too. I'm going with Burke. And the reason why I'm going with Burke is he's quietly starting to put a good uh, looking a lot better over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think that uh, whatever jibbies or whatever he want to say he was having that, uh, you know, the yips, maybe that uh, he's starting to play a little bit better. Maybe he was a little hurt, you know, and he's just starting to feel better and, you know, feeling getting, thing but he's looked a lot better you know he's you know michigan state he was definitely the the guy that they weren't attacking yeah i mean they were going after cam brown so it sounds like he might not be playing this week too they were respecting him a lot more than i was expecting them to and you know i thought he had a pretty good i mean iowa's offense again as iowa's offense um but i thought he had a good game against iowa and he's starting to come up and mix it up again that, that i thought he was really good at last year with coming up and run support and stuff like that. So, and I've seen that a lot over the last couple of weeks that uh, I, I, so I, I just seems like that he's feeling better. I, I think he's going to get a, you know, an interception in this game. And I think that uh, he's going to just continue to improve and progress. 
and uh, he'll be kind of back to his old self, I think, by the time we get to the end of the year. Okay. Um, I had two bold predictions. Um, my first one is the defense is going to get eight sacks in this game. My second one is that Mike Hall is going to get both a forced fumble and a fumble recovery on two separate plays. He's not, it's not going to be his own fumble. He recovers. He's going to two separate plays, force a fumble and then recover someone else's strip. Oh, my, so I'm mixing in action, my uh, bold predictions. And basically it's kind of the same as you. And I was going to say seven, but I'm not going to say seven turnovers. I'm not going to say seven sacks. They are going to get a combination of seven turnovers and, you know, sacks that, okay. you know, whether that's, five and two one way four and three i I think it's probably going to be on the sack side of it i do think they're gonna get at clifford um once they i i do think penn state's gonna have to you know start throwing the ball in this game um yeah i do think this the running backs will uh you know they ohio state will shut them down and ohio state will get some breathing room offensively in this game and um they will uh be able to uh they clifford's gonna have to throw a lot more and he's just he makes mistakes he makes dumb mistakes and he gets sacked i mean he can move really well but he he will get sacked he'll make uh some stupid throws mm-hmm. probably have a forced fumble in there somewhere and so i just see some sort of combination of sacks and turnovers will hit seven plus so okay seven at minimum all right all right ready to bounce around and talk about uh games yep Okay, so like normal, let's start off in the Big Ten. Uh, Rutgers plays Minnesota at 2.30 on Big Ten Network um, at Minnesota. Minnesota is a 14-point favorite. So Minnesota's home. Minnesota's coming off, I think, three straight losses or something like that. Like, they haven't looked good recently. Uh, They definitely didn't look good against saying that white out. looked really good against them. Um, mm, So what's the number again? 14, two touchdowns. I, I don't know. Rutgers doesn't do well on the road, and I don't think Rutgers does well against like actual like power opponents. So I do think I think Minnesota can cover this, not by much more than 14. Um, I think we're looking at like uh let's say a 35 to like 20 type game. Yeah. Um plus is we're starting to get into the time of year with uh Things start getting interesting in Minneapolis in an outdoor stadium. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what the weather looks like or not. Um, I think Minnesota covers. Um, and, you know, I I mean, Rutgers is definitely an improved team since Chiano has been there. But, you know, I just think the way that Minnesota will want to play this game, then, you know, they'll beat them by a couple touchdowns. Okay. I'm going to say something here. I mean, you're seated. Hope your heart's good. Number 17, Illinois. (laughs) Number 17, Illinois. Travels to Nebraska. 3.30, it's on ABC. Uh, Illinois sitting at a a 7.5 point favorite. I don't think, well, I think Illinois wins. I think Nebraska is going to cover the spread. Um, I actually think that. uh, Or beat the spread. I think Illinois is going to win this game and win this, you know, beat the spread. I think it's going to be like a 10 to 14 point game. I just think that like they are starting to very quietly be very interesting with that game before the Ohio state game for Michigan is going to look like I could see, uh, you know, the, you know, no frills, you know, the way Bill and going to coach the team. 
And, you know, I said it last year, you know, when they played in Nebraska, I'm just like, I think it was last year. It might've been two years ago. It was last year. I think that like, they're going to beat them. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just, that's the way he coaches. And, uh, you know, he, he's, there is talent in Illinois. He, in that part of the country, he will be able to get whatever lineman he wants. And, you know, he can, there's, there's different spots around where he can find, uh, you know, running backs and receivers and a quarterback that can run his offense. Uh, you know, he, he's very interesting on that side. I'm not saying he's as good as, uh, you know, anything that's in the East. I'm not saying he's going to win big 10 titles, but, uh, you know, I think the, the, some of those big 10 West schools that have fired their coaches have to really, uh, go out hard and find somebody because I think he's going to be there to stay and, uh, mm-hmm. at the top of the West over there. Yep. I agree. Uh, Iowa, or Northwestern travels to Iowa three thirty. Iowa sits at a eleven point favorite. I think this game is like thirty one point. <laughs> is what they're projecting the over under to be? Um, Definitely the under. And God, uh, that's sad. That is sad, man. Thirty thirty seven and a half. Now it, it went up. So thank goodness. I mean thirty one. I saw. I think it was thirty one and a half when the game first, like when the week first started, and that's just really bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, no, I don't think Iowa covers. I think they win. Yeah, but I they'll win like that. a nine to six game or something. Yeah, I just <laughs> think that. I don't see to be able to cover. Their offense sucks. The, and both the, offenses suck. So maybe they get enough defensive touchdowns. To be able to cover a double digit thing, you just have to have some sort of offense. And I just don't see where they have any. I mean, I would literally watch them and I know. Ohio State's defense is really, really good. That's my God. That was like the most putrid thing in the world uh, to watch last week. That was one. That was one of the worst offenses I ever saw. I mean, I mean that, that was probably worse than that was worse than Ohio State in 2011. They looked like what? No, it was a lot worse than 2011 because that offense literally looked like when you think of uh, like Ohio State's a decent, you know, power five team is playing against. A, a really crappy division one double a team mm. and that they don't have the offense to build. Uh, yeah, that's what that looked like last week. Like, like I, I thought maybe we were playing Youngstown state. Yeah, I know. And Youngstown state might've moved the ball easier. Probably would have. All right. So uh, last game before we get to Ohio state in the big 10 in the big house, it's a seven 30 kickoff uh, Michigan. Michigan State is going over to Ann Arbor. Michigan sits at number four in the country. Still one of the few undefeateds. Uh, Michigan is a 22 and a half point favorite. So I don't know if Michigan. Well, I I, guess, I think we're going to see what J.J. McCarthy can do in this game because Michigan State's pass defense is really bad. Um, I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to cover pretty easily, honestly. I actually think so that, I think they win four to five scores. I think they're going to cover two. I just think the game is going to be a little harder early on. Like, I think it could be a very close halftime score. Like I, Michigan State always has pride, um, you know, going up against Michigan. I don't think that this is going to be one of the years they beat Michigan. They've had several over the last how many years. But uh, I do think that uh, it will be a good game probably for the first two and a half quarters and then Michigan will start separating themselves. And, you know, and I think Michigan will get like probably like two fourth quarter touchdowns. The, you know, I mean, I guess push it, that it, it all depends on how Michigan decides they want to beat them. You know, like 
Harbaugh is perfectly happy winning a game, you know, like he did last year against Rutgers, 20 to 13 or something like that, you know, where yeah. he could just run and just keep the ball away. Um, I, I know Michigan State has some weapons on the outside, so I guess we'll see Michigan secondary, what they're all about. Uh, I just I, I don't know if they can stop the run game. I think that's what Michigan State's going to have to just try, though. They're going to have yeah. to try to play, you know, eight guys in the box and stop the run game. I just think back from last year is just that, I mean, we saw how bad that Michigan state team was and they were right from the beginning. They were gangbusters. The game means a lot to them. And it's oh, like, sure. like, and if it's kind of like, even though Ohio state, you know, you think Pence, they've beaten Penn state mostly every year they play on it, but this is the same week that it was just, you'd think Penn state just always plays them very tough because it's like Ohio state, same with Michigan. They, they don't kind of, I think Michigan probably considers Michigan state more of a rival than we consider Penn state, but it's kind of the same thing. It always means more to Penn state to Michigan state. It seems like going into that yeah. game that it means the other way around. Okay. So we both got Michigan covering that though. Yeah. Big win for the Wolverines. All right, let's go national for a little bit. Okay. So, um, well, we'll just call this one out because we played them. Uh, Notre Dame goes over to Syracuse at 12 o'clock on ABC. Syracuse sits as a two-point favorite. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to win this game. Yeah, what's Notre Dame's record now? Four and three. They're not good. Okay. Um, they played a little bit better, though, than, you know, they obviously started off the season. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just. I know that they looked really good against Clemson last week. It's just, I'm at a point. I just have a hard time thinking that, you know, Syracuse is going to knock off Notre Dame. And that's basically what this is. is who's who's going to knock off who. So I'll say Notre Dame. Um, I think they have the defense, the, you know, their defense is still really good. Um, I just, I don't see in Syracuse being able to beat them. Okay. Florida, Georgia, big one, the cocktail party, uh, Georgia, of course, is number one in the country. They are seven and zero. Florida's four and three. Georgia's a twenty-two and a half point favorite. Georgia's looked susceptible at times against the run this year. Florida is a good running football yeah. team. I don't know. I mean, can they make it a game? I'm going to say they can make it a game. They're still going to lose, but I think they will beat the spread. I don't think they're going to lose by you know twenty-two and a half or more. Yeah, I don't think Georgia's going to cover. I think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be like an Alabama, Tennessee game like that kind of, I think this is going to be like surprisingly kind of like a shootout. Like when I say shootout, I, I think it's going to, I think both teams are going to score in the thirties, Yeah, uh, but I think Georgia will win. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, Oklahoma state goes over to Manhattan, Manhattan, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. the little apple. Yes. Kansas state, uh, three thirty game. So Oklahoma state's nine, Kansas state's 22nd. Kansas State's a one and a half point favorite at home. Yeah, I'll give them that. I think they'll, I think they'll win. I think they'll cover. Well, Oklahoma State's been actually really tough this year. They they were going there for a minute that they had beaten everybody by double digits. So, I, I'm going to say Kansas State holds on and wins this game. Yeah, um, I'm going to go. Oklahoma State will beat them. Um, I I said this last week. The one thing I I, you know we don't play in the big 12, so I don't have to roll my eyes over it. The one thing I do love about being a college football fan is that, you know, you can turn on a big 12 game and see, you know, hundred points score. <laughs> That's not always the case with Kansas state though. I know, they but they don't always play that type of game, but it's just like, I love it. It's always like shootouts. 
teams could go down by three touchdowns. And then before you know it, they're winning the game. I, I mean, I thought Texas was easily going to be Oklahoma state. And then it's like fourth quarter. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think it'll be a good game. I think Oklahoma state beats them. Uh, Cincinnati number 26 and one, they traveled to uh, central Florida. Central Florida is five and two unranked, but they are a point and a half favorite in this game because they're home. I think Cincinnati is going to win this out, right? Yeah, I'm going to go with the fight and fix, too. Uh, I think that uh, he's, uh, I mean, he's really gotten that team really, really good. And I'm almost to the point now I'm starting to think that he might not end up. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if somebody throws him big money, but I don't, I've never really thought of him as motivated by, you know, the dollar. It's always been about the right fit for him. And uh, I'm like to the point now I'm starting to think like he might stay at Cincinnati. They'll be in the big 12 in a couple of years. And that might be enough for him to be like, especially with this expansion and stuff where it's, they're going to take the top six conference champions. He might think that, you know, I can go win the big 12 and, you know, be possibly a top four, you know, and yeah. get a bye week in there. So uh, like, uh, yeah, I'm starting to really like what uh, fix really got going on down there. And uh, especially with all the guys they lost and he's still, you know, only got one loss. So yeah, I'm saying fickle. All right. Last game we'll talk about before us. Uh, Number 19, Kentucky travels over to play number three, Tennessee. Tennessee sits at seven and zero. Uh, I saw a stat earlier that Tennessee has scored 30 or more points in 11 straight, 10 or 11 straight games. Kentucky's given up 24 or less in 11 straight games. So someone's um, offense or defense is going to have to give a little bit in this game. Tennessee is at home. Like I said, they are a 12 point favorite. This is at 7 p.m. Um, oh, and Georgia's next week. So. Yeah, they. I don't think they cover. I think Tennessee will end up winning this game, but I don't think it'll be by twelve points. I see them winning anywhere in the three to seven point range. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you on that one, and this might be more heart than it is head because you know I want to see an undefeated Tennessee against an undefeated Georgia, but it's just. You know, Kentucky is just one of those teams that can uh, surprise people if somebody's not paying attention. And they, I don't know how much that the Tennessee might be overlooking Kentucky in this game, um, you know, with the big game coming up. Um, but I'll go with you. I think that Tennessee wins, but they're not going to cover. I think it's going to be a close game. All right. Ohio State at noon travels to Happy Valley to play in Beaver Stadium. Ohio State is number two in the country, sitting at seven and zero. Oh. Penn State is number thirteen, sitting at six and one. Spread lies right now at Ohio State, a fifteen and a half point favorite. We talked a lot about this is going to be a better test for Ohio State. We each have given our own reasons of different ways we think Ohio State can be successful. Dissect Penn State in this game. We talked what Penn State's strategy is to win. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to execute that strategy. I feel like I'm crazy for this because Ohio State has not blown them out in Happy Valley for a, a minute. Yeah. I have down Ohio State's going to win 49 to 17. I like your 17. Uh, that's what I was going at. I, I got it at a closer game, but they would cover. I'm I'm thinking it's going to be 38 17. So that's what I'm going with. Uh, that um. It's just it's Penn State always plays them tough, and again, they do. it's just one of those games that uh, um, they just for whatever reason, and I'm I'm not even saying that Ohio State overlooks them. They, it's obviously they, they don't overlook them, but this is 
This is like always. It's, it's a rough ass it crowd, like man. This is this is always Penn State. Even when the Penn State comes here, this is like it just feels like this. This is their national championship yeah. game, and they they just come in very motivated. You know, they have good players. Just the reason why I don't think it will be any closer to that. I just I think Ohio State's defense is. I just don't good. see Penn State being able to get past seventeen. I have confidence that Clifford will make some sort of stupid mistake at some point in the game. I have confidence that Franklin will make some stupid mistake at some point in this game. And that is just, I think that's the difference. I think Ohio state just, they're better coach. They got better players. And that's just at the end of the day that, that will win. Yeah. Out, so. And I'm not saying Ohio state has a better defense than Michigan does, but I think they're comparable. And I think they're both very well coached. And Penn State couldn't do anything against Michigan's defense. And I just don't see how that changes. Uh, I mean, I'm a little worried because kind of like in 2016, you know, Michigan goes, beats the crap out of Penn State, and then Penn State rallies and beats Ohio State and finds a way to win the Big Ten championship that year. Um, I just... Let's face the facts, though. 2016, Urban Meyer's offense was Mm -hmm. terrible. That's why Ryan Day got hired. And Ryan Day's offense is not terrible. The one thing I will say about this, and there seems like there's been opportunities since Ryan Day's been the head coach that they could really, really batter Penn State, and it just seems like it's one of those teams where he really seems like he that he just gets happy with winning the game, and that's fine too. That he knows it's a physical game, and it just seems like if he can get up by enough into the second half, that he is completely fine getting out of that game without having any major injuries uh, and you know that he, he kind of takes his foot seems like more with Penn State than anybody else because I mean that I believe that was this wasn't that the until the playoff well, that was the closest game we had in 19 right that yeah we beat him by 10 or 11 yeah. yeah so it just and it's that I remember that game it just seems like that he wasn't pushing the issue in the second half at all against Penn State kind of felt like that the last two seasons too where he kind of probably had, I thought he had opportunities where he could have really laid on the, you know, really laid on the gas and maybe gotten some more points and, you know, just it's Penn state. They play physical. Let's not get into a physical, super physical game with them. And, you know, to the point that we might get some hurts. We've won this game. They're not going to catch up to us. Right. And so, and that's just kind of the way I feel. I, I'm still good with the 38, 17, but I do think that, you know, he's going to get in a point in the second half where he's going to be like, Happy Valley, and I won this game, and you know I'm fine with this. Did we both say ten last week for Iowa? Yeah. Oh, see if we both hit seventeen this time. Yeah. All right. Uh, victory shot. Um, let's do. Um, what do we got in the back? Let's do the the Colonel this week. Some Colonel E. H. Taylor small batch. So Buckeyes don't let us down because we want to have our bourbon this week. Yep. All right. Well, I'm good, Michael. Is there anything you want to touch on before we get on out of here? Nope. All right. Well, thank you everyone for stopping in tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. Oh, wait. I O. Go Buckeyes. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> <laughs>